Coming up this week, a change in leadership at Walt Disney Imagineering, a hint at what the future rivers of America might look like, and Shanghai Disneyland announces an opening date. Plus, later, I take a look at the somewhat new Courtyard Anaheim theme park entrance. All that coming up next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Goes On Plug Disneyland Edition, episode 541 for the week of January 17th, 2016. The Diz Unplug Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson. Hey there. Mary Jo Mulatto Willie. Hello. Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there. And you're at home tonight? I am finally home. <laughs> Okay, cool. And Tony Spatel. Hello. And he's not at home. Okay. <laughs> that was everyone's week. It was fun. Busy. Busy. Yeah. Uh, so we we have a lot of stuff to cover. I was in the parks and uh, noticed a few things and that's good. A rant, that's good. A rant or two, a rant or two. Um. The, the big news, you know, we were really, really sad that they eliminated toy guns and toy bubble guns. So Disney responded and responded well. They now have bubble wands. Yeah, I saw those Woo-hoo! last week when I was there. Yeah. There are bubbles aplenty, wouldn't you say? There are bubbles aplenty, yes. Because you know then, they're not going to miss that merchandising opportunity. No. Uh, did, Michael, did you notice if there was a boy version? Uh, well, I a, did not see uh, a non-princess version. Non-princess version. Okay. But, um, Thank you. But trying to be course, politically correct. Disney yes. World, they had the bubble trash cans. That was my personal favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! So, so when you push down on the lid, does it then the bubbles shoot out, Michael? How does that work? I'd, a cast member was controlling it. So, I don't know. Okay. So, in other words, Push has uh, swallowed some soap. Yes. He got nice. his mouth washed out. Yeah. <laughs> he had a trash mouth, that's why. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. Nice. All right. Say hello to our friends listening live on Mixler. If you want to listen live every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, please join us at Mixler.com. That's M-I-X-L-R.com. There are links all over the place in Facebook, at our show notes page at disunplug.com. Um, just find us. Find us. <laughs> all I have to do is go to Facebook and see one yep. of our posts. That yeah, yeah. And I'm posting on not only our not only our Dis Unplug page, but also the, the regular Dis Unplug page. And speaking of the Dis Unplugged, we are packed with shows this week. Of course, Dreams Unlimited Travel Show on Monday. The Orlando show on Tuesday, the trip on Wednesday, the Universal show on Thursday, and another episode of Connecting with Walt on Friday, Michael? Yes. Yes, and- finally. <laughs> finally, we've been on for a couple weeks now, Tony. Well, I, that's not, for me, it's finally. I wasn't on last week. <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah, and uh, this week in episode eight, it's titled Up the Creek. We're going, um, passing the um, legislation um, to form the Reedy Creek Improvement District was critical to Walt Disney Productions' ability to build Project Florida the way Walt envisioned it. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the hurdles the company conquered after the legislation was passed. We're also going to talk about what is the Reedy Creek Improvement District and why it was important for the construction of Walt Disney World. Very cool. And Michael, you know mm-hmm. that some of us like to binge listen the whole Netflix thing. That's true. I, that's why I said finally, because now there'll be a couple. Because <laughs> if I hear one, then I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? So I like to oh. binge listen. So. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's why I said that. I've n- a number of people have told me that. <laughs> so, yeah. Binge listening is always the way to go if you've got a long project. 
except for ours, where you should just keep downloading it time mm-hmm. again. Every, every single week, even yes. if you've already listened to it, just keep downloading. Download it, it again, yes, yeah. on all of all of your devices. All of your devices, <laughs> yes, multiple times. <laughs> and speaking of other places, you can listen to us. We are now on YouTube. I forgot to mention this the last couple of weeks. Um, our audio feed is also on YouTube, so. Say hello. Just want to say hello to our YouTube listeners. If you've if you've just found us, um, there's actually a change in the YouTube channels at the beginning of the year. Um, if you go to YouTube.com/slash/disunplugged, you'll find all of our shows: um, the Orlando show, our show, connecting with Walt. All of those are on uh, YouTube.com/slash/disunplugged. Over at YouTube.com/slash/wdwinfo. You will find all of the uh, ride-through videos and overview videos and things like that. And also that's where you will find, if you want to rewatch The Daily Fix, which is released Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12, 12, 12 noon Eastern. Uh, three or four minutes of your daily Disney news. Um, if you haven't checked that out yet, definitely check that out. It's kind of cool. I uh, get all all your news all at once. Um, before I go on, any other housekeeping? I I have I have lots more, but go ahead. <laughs> lots of ahead, controversy Michael. around the uh, the Star Wars costume band. I've noticed oh, on yeah. Facebook back and forth. So I'm sure you can probably weigh in somewhere. <laughs> Make sure I go for it. Michael, what were you going to say? I have a, a couple of things. Go ahead. Um, well, Disner Nikki, who ran the 5K, um, mm-hmm. it was down. Yeah, by the way, this weekend was the marathon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, congratulations to everybody who uh, who ran that. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, she sent me a message saying that Boudin is no longer offering breakfast. Um, only flows now in Practical Pig Cafe, Starbucks um, are offering mm-hmm. breakfast at Disney California Adventure. That's so, the, is Boudin the one that that Tony had eaten that bit the um, biscuit? Cinnamon roll. I thought oh. it was the no no the Flo's, Flo's no Flo. Flo's was the bad one, and I even said Boudin was decent. Like the it was the eggs were still not that great, but they were a little bit better. But they had the good croissant, and then they had the big bowl that you could put the eggs yep, in the and get butter. Bowl. Yeah, that's what around. I was going to say. I remember you talking that that yeah. was like a. a kind of a decent breakfast. Yeah, I know. So I'm kind of disappointed that they've decided to get rid of any decent breakfast. So (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is disappointing. But also, I wanted to share an experience that um, that I had folks might remember that, you know, I did a segment on the little golden books a while back, and you can find it in our show notes. And over at the D23 Expo, um, thanks to John Lasseter, he re-released, he had Golden Books re-release a, go- a story, uh, one of the books, Little Man of Disneyland, that tells the story mm-hmm. of a little leprechaun that lived on the property of the Orange Groves. And, um, a- and then, you know, he was there when Mickey and the gang came to start building Disneyland. And, and anyway, and how he became a resident of, um, of Disneyland. And I read that book and John Lasseter remembered that. And because when I was a boy, you could, his home was visible um, in one of the realms of Disneyland, this little, little leprechaun called John Bagora. And I, I read this story. I have the original little golden book from my childhood, but then we bought it at the D23 Expo, the reprint. And when we were with our granddaughter last weekend at Disneyland, I read her this story. And then I said, you know, let's try to find, uh, the, you know, John Pagora's oh, no. home. You know, the magic of a six-year-old is oh just gosh. amazing. Because Mary Jo, you were there. Cause she, yeah, she took I was there the, the second day when she, she when she was telling me about it, and then she got to experience the yeah. magic again. I mean, we went into Adventureland, and she found his house. Oh, good! I thought this was going to end poorly. No, no. <laughs> I mean, she was so excited, and one of the cast members came over and really encouraged her and all that. And she had gotten in her head, you know, how leprechauns leave money around and all that. So, well, a quarter was found. And uh, and so she, uh, anyway, she was so excited. We always had to go back to John Begora's house. But, you know, she would knock on his door and, and all this to see if he was in. Well, it's remarkable how many coins are dropped at Disneyland. 
that you just don't notice. So when you're a six-year-old thinking a leprechaun is leaving things for you, um, you find a whole lot of pennies all over the place. <laughs> so she found a remarkable number of pennies throughout the park that That's I guess awesome. John Bagora had left. So I'm just sharing this. this. First of all, because, you know, like Mary Jo, you know, Mary Jo, I don't know if you want to share any of your thoughts on it oh but. well when i when i got there um because i met up the the next day that that michael and carol were there with their granddaughter and she was telling me about her new best friend at disneyland and we're and we were walking we were we were going to go on one of the attractions and there were three two there was one penny uh we by um we went on big thunder, on big thunder mountain um, railroad railroad yeah big thunder mountain railroad and she found a penny there and her eyes just got really big. And she was, in her mind, of course he left her pennies because he was her best friend. And it was just adorable. And to see that innocence again, and, and we had, and it's nice to experience, to look at Disneyland from that perspective because not only did she find the little house, it's just everything's just real to them. And, and so you get to, just enjoy that innocence at Disneyland. I had, I had, I got a huge kick out of that, Michael. Yeah, and so I'm sharing this just because you know we have no financial interest in little golden books. But if this is something, if you have a youngster, grab this little yeah. golden book, read them this story if you're going to Disneyland, and then make this part of your day. You know, part of your adventure is finding this house of John Pagora, and um, it's really going to add that you something. Yeah, go ahead. Now that you said that, Michael, you know, people are always asking, you know, what, what little things can we find at Disneyland? And, um, I, you know, we always tell, you know, talk about the Snow White's well and, and stuff like that. But the, the little golden books are not expensive. It's, it's really inexpensive. And to read the story to your young child or even, you know, a, a, a younger child who enjoys, um, the adventure. To read that story and, and get the, let's say, the backstory and then go look for the house and just kind of like guide them towards Adventureland where it's located and then let them find it. It's, it, it adds that an extra, um, magic to the, to the whole trip. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, I just wanted to share that with, you know, parents, grandpa grandparents, older siblings that th this was just something really sweet and magical to do. Cool. So that's it for my housekeeping. <clears throat> Back to like Fiddler and Pfeiffer and Practical. Um, Tony's cinnamon roll is available there, um, along with a couple breakfast sandwiches and a breakfast croissant and a breakfast wrap. So, plus all the Starbucks stuff. Um, let's see. We talked about Bubble Wands. We don't want to talk about that again. Oh, so there was a concert on Friday night. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to I got to see it from like. Nose the, the the Disneyland equivalent of the nosebleed section. Oh well, so tell us, so what did you see, Tom, and, and could you hear it from where you were I at? Could, no, I could hear it. I could hear it. Oh, oh, they had Elton John there on on stage right in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle. Um, nice. Along with a, yeah, along with I I think a choir looked like a choir through the trees. Um, and he sang Circle of Life, and he sang another song from his new album. Um, he sang them twice. Uh, they had they had the whole front area blocked off with with. VIPs or or people that had signed up, and they give them all um, glow with the show ears, and so they all had that in, in the front section. Um, and they had for the second song, they had some pyrotechnics going off, some fireworks going off. So should should make for a fun fun episode of uh, Wonderful World of Disney. So uh, the 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 fun part was I, I I went up and was taking pictures as they were setting up in the, in the afternoon, and. Everybody, you know, all the guests were coming up and asking the cast members, what's going on? What's going on? And so there was this one cast member that was just making things up. Making, no, no, I'm making up um, bands or something that he would like, that he was, you know, so it's going to be Slayer. They're, they're coming and playing and, yeah, <laughs> just random stuff. So it was funny. That's cool. Um, okay, so we talked about the marathon. We talked about Elton John. We talked about oh, YouTube. And for I, that program that Elton John's going to yeah. be on, I think I just heard or read somewhere that Derek Huff from Dancing yes. with the Stars is the MC for it. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. he and Whitney are going to be um, performing. Oh, nice, cool. Yes. Hey, Mary Jo, did you know that? Remember the the Ramada main gate at the park? 
Yeah. Do you know that it's changing names? No. Yeah. Wait, okay, the Ramada so, main gate, that's at the, they have that real nice pool. The one next to Tony Roma's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One that they built a brand yeah. new tower to it. Mm-hmm. The one that lost their good neighbor hotel status while they were under construction. Yeah. Yeah, they're becoming the grand legacy at the park. Interesting. So, are they no longer a Ramada? Um, uh, they're switching over. And I, so I'm, I'm assuming they, like the Sheridan, Sheridan Hotel, they lost their um, franchise or mm-hmm. something. So, hmm. or decided against having a franchise. I don't know. So, what are they going to be called again? Grand Legacy at the Park. Okay, just have a thought. That's just, well, a, that's not just the a Iwani. Weird... But... No, yeah, no, right. <laughs> oh, well, the Iwani's um, no longer the Iwani either. I know. We're that's, go there, that's why I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, unless, just a thought, Mary Jo, my, my scheming, what if Disney bought them quietly? Oh, and then you can't and brand them. They, they don't want the Ramada brand. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Just a thought. Hmm. They, I've I mean, they... been told Disney owns a lot more of those little hotels yes. than we know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they're allowing them to run themselves. Yeah. But yeah. um, but they could, um, you know, they could pull the plug whenever they felt the need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, hotel review? No. Uh <laughs> Who Dad wants to know if I'm doing a hotel review of the Grand Legacy at the park. If they become a good neighbor hotel, I will. But um, okay, speaking of good neighbor hotels, I was at a non-good neighbor hotel this weekend, and I won't talk about that. I'm blocking it out. Um, I'm blocking it out. But well, that took, sounds promising. Yeah, no, you don't want to know. It's a hotel that I stayed at before, and I will never stay again um, unless I can get it for like thirty bucks a night. Uh, so I took the art in. And you know how the art uses, I think, a couple of the of the bust areas, and so that whole um, drop off area has those green cones to mm-hmm. mark off where you're supposed to walk and not walk. So I bring this up again on the podcast, and I will bring it up as many times as necessary. Do not cross the path of the art buses. Oh, I saw those your cones photo. <laughs> are, those cones are there to keep you and warn you from crossing a freaking road. You know, but those 10 seconds that the people... I know, yeah. You know, get, they gain in time. You know, <laughs> Tom, what, what's a life or two or Tom, a let Darwin do his work. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess, but... Um. It's like they're dragging these little kids across across to catch the, because they they were at the two and they need to be at the ten. It's like, oh come on, it's not worth the extra thirty seconds to go all the way around. Sorry, I'm done now. All right, is worth the extra thirty seconds. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. Agree. Cut a cut paint the night or not, cut um Disneyland Forever one more time. Well, not, not that it's going to Why do you away, say one more time? Yeah, really, I don't know, because I want to talk me. about it for a second. Oh, maybe again? Um, again. Okay. Um, you scared me. And, and I, I, it was Saturday night, and I was able to get a spot, fairly fairly good spot, just by walking up five minutes before. There was a ton of, of space. Um, okay, so you're looking down at the hub. And Sleeping Beauty Castle is 12 o'clock. Say between like 4 and 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I was I was kind of at 4 o'clock. That's a good spot. Well, I mean, you can't see most of the projections on the castle. But you can, you can get a okay view of the Matterhorn. Mm-hmm. You can see the... You can see the... Um, what's her name? Tinkerbell. And you can see Nemo. Spoiler alert. Sorry. And the great view of the fireworks. The only thing I wanted to say about it is I've never, re- because I've always been where I'm watching the projections, I've never actually watched the fireworks in full. Those fireworks are awesome. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. They've done, I know. They, they've improved them and they're bigger and brighter, more colorful. So, yeah. e- I mean, even if you don't have a view of any of the, I'm using this word, gimmicks. Projections. Yes. Oh, I, it is I know. It's still an awesome gimmicks, show. Yeah. It's still an awesome show. The, yeah. Just the the way they've timed those fireworks, and 
and the colors and everything. Okay, I'm done. Um, and just a quick note from last my last trip, and we, we all know this, but just to reiterate, the second paint the night, there is you can walk find find a seat ten minutes beforehand. It's an awesome time to watch Paint the Night because all the kids are in bed and have gone home, and that's when you want to watch Paint the Night. Do you want to hear a rumor that's been bebopping around? Huh. And, Always. And, um, and, you know, I heard this third hand. The rumor is at the end of our 60th celebration, they're packing up Paint the Night and sending <laughs> it to Florida, and we're getting the Main Street Electrical Parade. After oh, all really? of our whining and complaining After, about that parade, we don't they're finally <laughs> giving it to us, and we don't want it. We want it. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a rumor. It's it's not substantiated at all, but oh, that's what's being passed. But boy, howdy, wouldn't that be the truth? They want to play did. with our new toy. Yeah, okay. Um, Tony. Yes? Can I get a sports update? Well, yes. I'm a little bitter, so just so you know. Because um, that shows you everything. So... The Rams are moving to Los Angeles. Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes, and, yes, um, yes, yes. That's yes, yes. good news. No, no, and, I'm, and so as an um, ex-St. Louisan, uh, those people are mad. No, Let's and they are they're mad, and so are the people in San Diego. Because basically, what happened was the all the talk was Bob. I okay, so I can give you the inside scoop because I just the last five days. That's all I've done is stream San Diego radio wherever I was in the country, read every article, every Twitter feed, <laughs> and so. Everybody thought going in that the Chargers were going to move to Los Angeles because he, uh, Dean Spanos, who's the owner of the Chargers, had the good old boys and Bob Iger on his side for the Raiders-Chargers-Carson project. But Stan Kroenke, who's a billionaire, and as many people think, especially this has been my life, um, everybody thinks he's got Walmart money. He's actually got his own money, and he married into Walmart at the very bottom, so he was also responsible for getting the real estate. So a lot of just not that I care about the guy, but everybody thinks that he's got Walmart money. No, he's part of the Walmart money. He's so he's loaded on his own. And anyway, so he had a proposal for basically they're calling it in the papers Cronky Land, this amazing place <laughs> in Inglewood, right outside of LAX, where it's you can gonna, take your children. Yes, it's gonna it's gonna house the NFL Network. It can house NFL.com. They can have other NFL like awards there, just like a huge complex. And come to find out with the uh, the why Bob Iger was involved, one of the I'm going to say good old boy owners that's friends with the owner of the Chargers basically made the call to get Bob Iger in on the Chargers Raiders side, thinking okay he can he can sway the owners sway people. That, yeah, the the guy who got him in. Jerry Richardson is one of the owners. I forget which team he is. But he's also on the committee that recommended Carson. So the first vote came. The committee said five to one. We recommend the Chargers and Raiders move to Carson. Now, remember, there's a little conflict of interest there when one of the guys on that committee calls Bob Iger and says, hey, you need to join yourself with the Chargers Raiders project. Apparently, Stan Kroenke said, well, you know what? Uh, That's collusion. And look at my amazing property. Really, basically, what it came out, came out was it was about money, and it was about that the Chargers Raiders didn't really have anything to offer. Where this this one in Inglewood was over the top. So now, as it stands, the Rams are going to start playing in the LA Coliseum this coming upcoming season, and then 2019 yes. Cronky Land will open. Yes. Um, <laughs> despite all that, the Chargers still have a one year window to move and join Cronky in LA. And there's big talk, and it kills me that he's probably going to go ahead and do that, even though nobody in the city of Los Angeles wants them. So, um, but then the, <laughs> a part of the rumor is that he was going to do that so he can sell his team because then he has LA on the, the thing. And then here's, and this should, could technically be happening this week. So it's not over. And then if the Chargers move to Los Angeles, the Raiders will move to San Diego. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, people don't cuz I mean nuts. I I know, and it's it's the it's the whole idea of LA and the and how much money it's worth. And even though um the Chargers owner doesn't have tons of money, if he has LA, even if he's a tenant, he thinks he's going to double the value of his franchise. The Raiders have no place to play. They actually don't even have a lease. I mean, they could probably play in Oakland again, but San Diego's kind of bitter and they've offered the Chargers a deal, but the deal isn't what 
greedy your owner wants, whereas the Raiders are like, we'll just take anything. So, <laughs> um, well, I mean, and, and the Chargers have an O, like, so it'd be really interesting. And so, not that this is important to you, but I'm going to share. My, I, I grew up as a as hating the Raiders my entire life. And now I'm having to discuss with my son. I go, son, if they leave and, and the Raiders come to San Diego, even though I don't live there anymore, I might have to root for them because I'm so angry about my team leaving. So if you're right. a St. Louis fan, I apologize to you because I'm going through the same thing that you're going through, and I just hate it. And Bob Iger was basically a smoke screen to get credit, hoping that he could sway. But Kroenke's, he's got the money to write the check and make an amazing Kronky's thing. Kroenke's cronies. Yeah, so um, it just, I think it, it's, it kind of just sucks for the fans and everything like that. But I guess, but you know what? Okay, I'm going to rate Not I'm, all the fans, Tony. No, I'm, I'm yeah, pretty darn happy. No, but that does I sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out there. But you're not, but it doesn't matter. You didn't have a team for 20 years. You didn't, nothing, take, they didn't take anything away you from you. You didn't pay all that money to bring the Rams to, yeah. to a city that had no football, a city that desperately wanted football, kind of like LA does now. But LA and doesn't. they paid out the nose to bring them and, and, and my, support them. And my issue is LA, even though I live here in LA now, LA doesn't really care. Like you're excited, no. but you don't really care. Those other cities, they care. Like, there's a difference, and I know I'm, like, you, and L.A., it's more about the idea of L.A., where half the fans are from different cities, and and it's it's a different, it's, it's not a fabric of the community. None of the sports teams in L.A. are as much of a fabric of the communities as they are in other places. Yes. And Oh, that's a good point. And that's, that's very and eloquent, that's, Tony. And, that's, the, and that's, that's kind of the difference, but um, I'm going to bring it back around to the podcast. Like, I can do this. So... I was in, where was I? Albuquerque. I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and there was somebody with a Broncos shirt on, and I was telling them, hey, the Chargers are going to move, whatever, and they mentioned that, um, oh, if they move to L.A., I'm not going to do my one my one game a year in San Diego. There's no way I'm going to L.A. for a vacation, but I will for San Diego. So I just find it interesting that this is just a one anecdote, but I think there's a lot of people who, oh, I'm in Green Bay when they could play the Chargers. I'm going to go out, have a little vacation, maybe go to Disneyland. I think... LA to people that aren't from LA, people don't think of it as a vacation place. You know how many of our listeners go to Disneyland but won't go to Los Angeles, right? So, so how how far will Cronky Land be from Disneyland? It's right About, near. It's right, well, by LAX. It's right so, near LAX. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like an hour. So ways. Yeah, it's right near LAX. So. Okay. And but I have sports. no. But I have no problem in 2019. <laughs> sports talk with Tony. Checking it all out. And uh, and and uh, doing podcast segments about Cronky yeah. Land. Yeah, right. Nice. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Tony. Any other housekeeping? Oh, um, just going back to uh, Universal, taking yeah. it all the way to, um, you know, bringing it back to, uh, say, you know, challenges for people, confusion. Universal Studios decided to put up a page to show you what the back of your annual pass looks like and how to find your own personal blackout calendar. Oh, yeah, that's been there, yeah. Well, apparently there's 23 different blackout counters (laughs) now. What? There are 23 different blackout calendars. So you need to find the exact web page depending depending on on your pass. And it will say 23. Do they have a special wand you can buy that will... Decode. Magically make it appear. Yeah. Well, you know, even though they have all of your blackout dates listed on the back of your pass, that apparently still isn't enough for some people. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Oh, speaking of Universal, they did yes. put out a casting call this week for um, team members um, who want to work in um, Harry Potterville over at the Wiz- Wizarding World. So if you're live down there and you're interested, get onto their website and see when they're interviewing. Well, we saw that they already cast somebody, right, Mary Jane? I yeah. was just going to yes. say that. Speaking of that, I yeah, the that. um the, the genie, the genie from um, one one of the genies. Yeah. Well, one yeah. of the well, I think he's one of the main genies. Yeah, and I think he was in the last show. Um, if I have the right person, he doesn't look anything like a genie in real life. Mm-mm, no, he's not he's, blue. He's he's less blue. <laughs> but boy, howdy, is he going to make magic in Harry Potter? Dina for who it was. It's Dylan White, and that just so that's goes not blue, to show that's white. you how okay. that just goes to show you how good 
the um, makeup people are at for these shows at Disneyland because he looks nothing. I, I would never have um, pegged him to be the genie. But yeah, he's going to be um, performing for uh, Harry Potter. Performing. He's going to be, um, isn't he doing the Hogwarts Yeah, he's train? the train conductor for yeah. Hogwarts Express. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Let's head over to Tony with the news, or starting the news. Um, some shakeup in Imagineering. This is going to be interesting. Yes. The Walt Disney Company has named Bob Weiss the new president of Walt Disney Imagineering. For those of you that don't know... Walt Disney Imagineering oversees design theme parks, cruise lines, and the resorts. Weiss is heading up the company's efforts for the Shanghai Disneyland Resort currently. Before that, he was the creative lead on the expansion of DCA, which culminated in the addition of Cars Land at the theme park. So he was part of that. He also was a creative lead on Disney MGM Studios back in the day that was later known as Disney's Hollywood Studios. That I know probably, should, probably, probably should have left that off his resume. Well, no, I've got to give the full picture. We are unbiased, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so um, except when it yes. comes to my team Chargers leaving. Anyways, um, Weiss also worked. Go Chargers. At, yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say Go Chargers anymore. I'm in limbo right now. Okay. Weiss also worked on Tokyo Disneyland. Go Raiders. I don't know if I'm ready for that, Tom. I'm really <laughs> like I need to see a therapist for this. Let's get through this story. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to, Michael. Now I'm like about to cry. Anyways, Weiss also Mary Jo's all excited, like woo yay! No, she doesn't understand. Anyways, okay, I'm okay. Sorry, I'm happy. Okay, let me take a couple shots. I'll be ready. Okay, Weiss also worked on Tokyo Disneyland in the early 1980s. Former chief ex- creative executive at Walt Disney Imagineering will help Weiss with the transition before leaving the company to explore other opportunities. Craig, Rus- Craig Russell, is that's that person, uh, who served as a co-executive leader of the company, will take on a new role focusing on project execution and integration around the world. I hope I did. Now I've, I've, I've thrown the story all over the place because you started mm-hmm. talking about Raiders and Chargers, but that's what I got. Yeah, I, I, you miss, I think you missed Bruce, Bruce Vaughn's name. Did you say? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't say his name. Okay. okay. Bruce Vaughn is the one that's leaving, and then Craig Russell is the you. one that's Helping. being relocated okay. within the company. He's been okay. demoted. Yes. So obviously nice this is time for you that. guys to comment because you know I have no comments on this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, Bob Weiss also has overseen um, Shanghai Disneyland, which is supposed to be spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I understand, um, after basically Walt well, Disney Imagineering forced Marty Sklar out and forced him to resign or retire, you know, Tom Fitzgerald was his replacement, but didn't quite um, fit Marty's shoes. So he was uh, relocated. He was given another position. And either because they couldn't find an, another candidate or maybe to test people as Disney does, they split the presidency of Imagineering into two positions. And they had Bruce Vaughn, you know, heading up the creative part of it. And then Craig Russell was heading up production. And people really questioned Vaughn getting the creative side because he's, uh, he's a technology guy. And he's not a creative director, but yet now he was in a position of making, making, um, creative decisions, um, not just technology decisions. So some of the, they felt some of the, um, creative leadership of Walt Disney Imagineering was lacking. And Bob Weiss is really considered a major creative director and one of the best. He also, uh, he also, um, 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 you know, took the reins over from, um, he was the lead designer on Tokyo Disney Sea as well. So, which also people say is one, of, a lot of people feel is one of the most magnificent of Disney's parks. Uh, you know, people really feel that for a while, um, there's a lot of mediocre, uh, you know, projects that were getting greenlit and then a lot of money was having to be thrown in to them in order to sort of, um, you know, to polish them up. So people are very excited that Bob Weiss, who's an old school Imagineer, who is a, a proven creative director, is now taking over Imagineering. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of Imagineering in the next few years under Bob Weiss. I think we're all going to be very pleased with is, what we see. Is he an old guy? 
Yes, he's older. Yeah. Well, because my question is, I sorry, I'm thinking of it like the Pope. So, um, is like, is he going to be around? Do you, do you foresee? Because I don't know any of this kind of stuff. Do you foresee that he's going to be around long enough to make an impact? I think he'll certainly be around long die, enough to make. I think he'll be long enough to greenlight projects. Okay. Definitely. Cool. Do we know yet who's going to be lead on Star Wars, the Star Wars area, Michael? Um, no, I don't, but I might be able to find that out. And we, they sent, they sent what, Kathy Mangum to Orlando, right? Mm-hmm. So who's that leave out here? Um, Rafferty, Rafferty, right? Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll have to yeah, find see, that out. See what you can find out. Yeah. Call, call your sources. <laughs> I will. Let me and make a spe- note. And speaking of Star Wars land, we got to look at the new North Shore of the Rivers of America as well. Tony? Yes. Uh, Disneyland. Trying to segue everything. Yes. Disney's <laughs> released concept art for Rivers of America, which includes a new waterfront and waterfalls along the north bank of the river and an elevated railroad track route over the water where the Disneyland Railroad will travel. Walt Disney Imagineering's concept shows the Disneyland Railroad riding on trestles across the north park of the ri- part of the rivers, passing waterfalls as it makes its way around that part of the park. The Mark Twain can be seen around the river bend as well as someone on a raft heading to Pirate's Lair. Previously, after visitors boarded the train at New Orleans Square, they saw part of the river before entering a tunnel through Splash Mountain and Critter Country. They then emerged with a view of the Rivers of America and Tom Sawyer Island through heavy foliage. Foliage, excuse me. That too. Yeah, that's all of it. Uh, as part of the construction, the river will be drained, partially. The water will be diverted to the Orange County Water District's groundwater replenishment system, where it will be treated, stored, and recycled. And when they have to refill, they will replenish from the same system. First of all, you get a word about what's God, I hope the they water. treat that water. Yes. <laughs> it says it will be treated, stored, and recycled. So... Um, even though that all these attractions, a lot of attractions are going to close temporarily during construction, Disneyland officials say they plan to offer visitors an alternative experience for the railroad, the Mark Twain Riverboat, and the sailing ship Columbia. Railroad fans should still be able to experience the Disneyland Railroad as park officials are developing an alternative way to see it. We're working on a way to put two of the trains on display so our guests can get up close to them, said John Scott, an operating engineer of the, on the railroad. One engine would be displayed at Main Street Station and the other at Frontierland New Orleans Square Station. Visitors would have the chance to get close to the engines and touch them or have their photo taken. Steam engineers would explain how the steam-powered locomotives work, Scott said. So, the Rivers of America was one of the original attractions of the park opened in 1955. And the rivers represent... Anyone? Anyone? The Rivers of America... Okay. Oh, you mean the... Wow, that was like oh, the, the most the downy answer. Mississippi, yes. the Missouri... What else? I don't know. The Nile. The, the, Nile. the Columbia. You're right. Columbia. The Nile, the Euphrates, and the Thames. No. Um, the Mississippi... The Say Columbia. that again, Tony. I was joking. Um, <laughs> he, was being, he was being facetious. Um, yeah. The Mississippi, the Columbia, the Potomac, and the Rio Grande. Apparently. So, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. I wonder if they're going to reinstate how the because um, right now different area the different areas as you're going around the rivers of America do represent the diff- those different rivers and scenery, so it's going to be much shorter. But what do, how do what do you guys think now, having seen the rendition of what um, the rivers of America are going to look like? Are you more comfortable now with some of the changes? Are you guys ups- were you ever upset? Are you, and if so, are you still upset about it? I'm not happy with shortening the river and shortening Tom Sawyer Island. I did, there's, and you know, normally change doesn't bother me that much, except leaving a, a, a people mover track for 30 years <laughs> untouched. Yeah. Oh, now they put lights on it. How nice they found something to do with it. But, um, this bothers me. This one really bothers me. And, um, I don't know. Maybe it's because Walt Disney designed it himself. I have no idea. But I just think it's, we're losing so many quiet areas of Disneyland just one by one. And the river was such a nice little area. I, I rode on the Liberty Bell for the first time at Magic Kingdom. First time in a long time. They don't even have narration on theirs. It's the most boring trip. I mean, you just sort of cruise along and they don't have all the, 
all the audio animatronics and things that we do. I mean, our river was so nice, but you know, we've lost Court of Angels. We've lost the, um, the, the Big Thunder Ranch area. I mean, all these little hideaways are just going and now we're losing a big chunk of the river. Um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll change my mind once I see Star Wars land. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping so because I really do enjoy writing. For instance, I like write, myself writing the entire route of the, of the railroad. Me it's too. just to me a great way to relax and just enjoy viewing, you know, bits and pieces of the park from that vantage point. And I'm gonna, I don't like that they shortened that. I'm hoping that with the Imagineers that they have today that they learn from the mistake when they first opened California Adventure. That shortchanging us is going to be a disaster on their hands, and they, it's going to cost them more money to fix it up if if the fans are not happy. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping they come close to something like Cars Land, you know, as far as the delivery of the product. Yeah. One of the things I like about that concept art, again, it provides us with levels, which I think is, makes Disneyland so different from Walt Disney World in that, and we have talked about this before, how like it, um, in our fantasy land, it's small, but we have like, three distinct levels that you can look at where you have, um, you know, we have the ground level where a lot of the dark rides and attractions are, but then up a little higher, you have Casey Jr. Circus train is elevated. And even on the edge, you see the monorail going around and the Matterhorn towering over it. So we have all these layers, same in Tomorrowland. We have all these different layers with the defunct people mover track. And then, and then, um, you know, again, the monorail and when we used to have the the rocket jets way up there. And this is going to sort of give that as well to Frontierland because of the elevated train running right across. So I think that's going to be really nice um, to see that. And um, so I do like that it's going to add more depth and height and all that to it. But um, it looks beautiful anyway. if they do it. And if if the concept art isn't just um, to appease us momentarily and they do put the... Because you do see the Mike Fink keelboat and you do see the, the cabin. If they're going to put them back there, um, replace them, then I think that'll be... And, and the Native American village and etc. The um, Native American village was in the concept art. And I heard they are putting more audio animatronics, supposedly... In, the, in on the river banks, I'm a, I'm my concern is are the canoes. I, I love the canoes. Or you know they got rid of them at Disney World years ago. I'm worried they're going to let this be an excuse for getting rid of our canoes because they've attempted it in the past, and I'm I'm worried this this will be it for them. Yeah, where where is the trek going to cross? See, that's what I'm wondering. I, I don't have a good handle yeah. on on where everything's if being it's not cut. going. Th- if it's not going through, sp- it's not going through Splash Mountain. What do you mean? It's not go- the train. Um, I believe it goes through Splash Mountain and it cuts right after. Okay, so it's it, still going. Yeah, it cuts it, after, right, the, right Hungry after the Hungry Bear restaurant. Okay, okay, all right. So it's still going through Splash Mountain then. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, that's what we think. That's what we think. Okay. Um, and if you if you get the chance while while it's still happening, definitely go at to the Main Street Station or the New Orleans Square Station and take a look at up close at the uh, the trains. Um, I was there Friday morning and they had like four engineers there talking to people, four engineers talking to like six people, um, and then they had a conductor. Standing at the doorway to the Lily Bell and letting people look in the Lily Bells and talking talking about the history of the Lily Bell there at, at Main Street Station. So definitely take the time. There was there was virtually nobody there when I went, so you can get as much time as you want looking looking at the trains and talking talking trains with the engineers, which is kind of cool. All right, uh, another. Well, I'm sorry, qu- Tom, but yeah, also there's also going to be the opportunities at the. Not only the trains, but the Mark Twain and the Columbia ship. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And well, they, I think they're doing that now, where you can go on the Columbia and look around, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't get a chance to talk to any um, Jungle Cruise skippers, so we'll have to do that and talk about that next time. 
I think I'm going I'm going there this on Sunday because I'm going to try the tea oh, cool. at the Disneyland Hotel where my kids and I are going to eat there, have tea there on, on Sunday. So mm-hmm. I'll be playing at Disneyland. So I'll see if I can chat, chat up the uh, skippers. There you go. Skipper chat. All right, let's continue. The Shanghai Disney Resort, a joint venture between the Walt Disney Company and the Shanghai Shindy Group, will open to guests on June 16th, 2016, after a multi-day grand opening event. Um, Shanghai Disney Theme Park will feature six themed lands, all centered around the Enchanted Storybook Castle, the largest Disney castle ever. Uh, guests will visit, visit Adventure Isle, Gardens of Imagination, Mickey Avenue, Tomorrowland, who original, uh, Treasure Cove, which is the first pirate-themed land in a Disney park, and Fantasyland. Um, some of the park's offerings and entertainment uh, will be first-of-a-kind attractions, such as the Tron Light Cycle Power Run. Uh, resort will feature two hotels, uh, the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel, an Art Nouveau-themed hotel with a little Disney magic and the Toy Story Hotel um, Disney Town will be their version of uh, of Downtown Disney or Disney Springs and will include the Walt Disney Grand Theater which will premiere the first Mandarin production of The Lion King um, and then of course there will be a, a recreation area called Wis- Wishing Star Park which will have a lake and gardens and walking path and things like that um, so this sounds amazing, uh, especially the castle. The, the, isn't that, wasn't it supposed to have like two attractions inside the castle? Yeah. The water, and, the water yeah. Yeah, just, um, yeah. And a restaurant. Yeah. And a restaurant. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. huge. It was just gorgeous. Everything that they showed at D23 was just mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually debated even planning a vacation there next summer, but this summer, but yeah, it's not going to happen. But I want to go. The kids don't, but well, I do. Hey, there might be an Adventures by Disney with Dreams Unlimited Travel. Ooh. Where, and they're talking about going to both um, uh-huh. Hong Kong, Disneyland, as well as Shanghai. Yeah. I thought, well, might as well just throw in Tokyo, you know? Yeah, right? I mean? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's going to be cool. All right, a quick Walt Disney World story, and I'm going to relate it. Really, I am. Um, so, Walt Disney World is hiring additional security personnel. To replace the private security personnel that are doing the um, metal detector checks in their theme parks, uh, beginning with um, Animal Kingdom. So we had speculated about that a couple weeks ago, whether or not they would eventually try to replace the the yellow jackets with actual Disney personnel, and apparently they are, at least in Florida... So I'm I'm thinking we may eventually see that here. Yeah, it looked like it was the same company in both yeah, Florida it, and yeah, here. It does. Yeah. So um based on what was on their vests. Yeah. So they're gonna start training hiring and training new people, new security at, at Disney World, so um we'll see if that has any effect out here. Eventually. All right. A time for, for rapid fires. Let's start with Michael. Oh, okay. Well, I have a, a couple of things. First of all, one I'm really excited about, and that is, and, you know, I had it up, and then there it is. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, I mean, you know, we have Frozen. We're going to mm-hmm. have it in three different venues, apparently, at the park. The nice thing is I really – I've talked about how much I enjoy – the frozen, uh, pre, you know, the frozen stage show in Princess Fantasy Fair in the Royal Theater. How it's that British pantomime, uh, you know, um, style. Mm-hmm. Well, it, the, the other one I really enjoyed was Tangled. I thought it was hilarious and really well presented. And, and Frozen was very much in that style, that same type of, um, uh, of uh, humor. The nice thing is they are bringing back Tangled into the Royal Theater in Disneyland Park. It's going to be starting January 15th. So they're going to have, um, so they're going to be, inter- they're going to be having Tangled and then they're also going to be having Frozen. Um, t- what I didn't know is Tangled um, won, was a winner of the IAPA 
um, Brass Ring Award in 2013. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, it, it was in a little press release, and so there. So each, it must be true. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, fr- so Frozen and Tangled will be performed several times a day. I'm assuming it will be like they did Beauty and the Beast and Tangled, where you know in the morning it was one show and then in the afternoons it was another show. They did like three of one in the morning and three of one in the afternoon. So I went on Saturday and I was going to watch the Tangled show, mm-hmm. and apparently she's building up because she was only showing having one performance on Saturday. Oh really? Yeah, there were three performances of Frozen and one performances for one performance of Tangled, um, and it could be just because of the marathon stuff going on. I don't know. Um, I talked to Dina, our friend, a listener, mm-hmm. and she said that on Friday there were three performances of Tangled and I'm sorry, three performances of Frozen and just two of Tangled. So. This was a wacky weekend with the marathon and the and the filming and things like that. So it could be that that's that's why. But yeah, oh okay. I was, I was hoping to see it, but it just didn't work out. Yeah, and speaking of you know films and stage productions and all that, I I I was reading an article and 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 it was all about coming films that Disney has for 2016, and I was stunned by how many films Disney Studios is releasing this year because of all of the all the properties that they've acquired. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, get out your calendars and you can start planning what films you're going to go to. Um, the Finest Hours is being released on January 29th. This is one I'm, I'm really looking forward to. It's about the Greatest Small Boat Rescue in Coast Guard History, 1952. Um, Zootopia is coming from March 4th. Everything I've seen of this, it looks absolutely hilarious. Um, the the live-action version of The Jungle Book is coming April 15th. Um, this I'm looks terrific one. as well. And I was really skeptical of all these remakes, but I think this looks really good. Um, Captain America Civil War will be released May 6th. And I love Captain America films. Alice Through the Looking Glass is May 27th, when Alice returns to Underland to save her pal, the um, Mad Hatter. Finding Dory is coming out June 17th. And then the BF is a fantasy adventure that is coming along on July 1st. And this is um, this is directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, and he's bringing, uh, it's a book by ronald Dahl. i mean bfg um, yes oh it's they called it bf but yeah it is bfg oh that's the name so the title of the book the title of the movie is called bf but the story's bfg mm-hmm. oh interesting yeah so um um pete's dragon the remake of that is on my birthday august 12th this one i am skeptical of because they changed the story um marvel's doctor strange is um being released yes on um november 4th <laughs> is that because you're you you like benedict Cum- cumberbatch no actually i really like doctor strange is a very <laughs> interesting character well let's see what they do with him um yeah. Moana is coming out on november 28th that should be a good one. Queen of, I know I'm going to mispronounce this, Queen of Katwai is coming in the fall of 26. It's set in rural um, Uganda about a girl who is introduced to the game of chess and she becomes an international chess champion. So I think that'll be good. Rogue One, December 16th from Lucasfilms. It takes place before the events of Star Wars A New Hope. So that should be good. Those are the... The films they promised it would come in between the um, big trilogy films. And then one from DreamWorks. Anyway, that's coming out December 16th. Um, From DreamWorks, um, the release date has not been determined. Um, Light Between Oceans. And it's set in Australia after um, World War I about love, fate, moral dilemmas. And um, anyway, and so... um, you know, D- Disney is releasing the live-action DreamWorks films, so that's that, that's coming out there too. So, a lot for you movie lovers to look forward to. Very cool. My son is off tomorrow from school, and he says it's going to be a Star Wars watching day. Oh, nice! Fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which ones? Four, five, six, one, two, three. In that order? Yes. 
That's how we you can go to the movie theater. That's how you count to seven. that's how you count to seven now, right? Four, five, six, one, two, three, seven. <laughs> well, common core. you know, if the rumors have it true that eight is really going to be a an in between three and four. Oh my! Movie. Okay. I, I'm so confused. Okay. Then there you go. That's the perfect order to watch them in. One, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three. And I don't think no. they consider that Rogue One to be eight. Yeah, no, yeah, I it's think not, it's a standalone. It's not eight. No, Nancy had it's between three and four. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it's, it's it, part of it. It's not in this. It's not in the. It's yeah. not a. Oh. It's not Star Wars Episode Eight. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to be canon. Mm, it's going. It's canon, but it's not Episode Eight. Isn't it 3.5? You know, like we have podcast yeah. Yeah, 1.0, 1.5. <laughs> this is Star Wars yeah, 3.5. Yeah, 3.5 yes. Star Wars Rogue One. Kind of like Star Wars Clone Wars or Star Wars. Simon Spoll agrees yeah. with me. Yeah, okay. That's all, that's all that matters. All right. Uh, Mary Jo, rapid fire, please. Okay, well, for those of us who aren't going to be able to take the ABD trip to China, hmm. We can still get a little bit of the Chinese culture coming in nice. February. It's a nice segue. Yeah, that was impressive. Like that? I'm really impressed by it. Now, now that you guys broke my groove. Sorry. <laughs> Start over. I will, I'll edit it now. <laughs> no, that's, that's all right. But coming up uh, the first weekend in February, California Adventure is going to be celebrating the Lunar New Year. And they'll be celebrating the Chinese, Korean, and Vietnamese cultures. Um, inviting guests of all backgrounds, of course, to enjoy the festivities. Normally, these type of events take place in Paradise Gardens. I think that's one of Tom's favorite areas mm-hmm. at California Adventure, right, Tom? Mm-hmm. There, and, and that actually, this that, yeah. And um, just like we had the Viva Navidad during the the holiday season, now at the Lunar New Year, you can go over there and and enjoy the cultures there. So they'll have Mickey, me, uh, Mimi. Mickey and Minnie, <laughs> Mulan, Mushu uh, will be there as well as Chip and Dale. And they'll be dressed in the um, Lunar New Year costumes um, for some special picture-taking uh, opportunities. And they have a gazebo over there where you can meet the characters, and they'll be out and about. In addition, they'll have special merchandise. They'll have authentic food offerings over there uh, that you can enjoy as well as other, they're going to have performers, musicians, local artisans that you can go over there and get a little bit of the, of that culture. And it's going to be the Lunar New Year celebration, February 5th through the 8th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. each day. And what's kind of cool is that in the Chinese New Year's, in the Chinese New Year, the, they celebrate New Year's, there's a seven day celebration. And this year, February 7th is um, New Year's Eve on the Chinese calendar, and that's one of the most important days. So if you can go, I think that's a Sunday. Um, yeah, Sunday's the the seventh. Seventh is the, is a Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. So if you can go there, you can enjoy the Chinese New Year's Eve. Or if you go on Monday the eighth, that's actual Chinese New Year's Day. And this year is year of. Does anybody know year of the what? Monkey. Year of the monkey. And the monkey is a clever animal, and it is usually compared to an extremely intelligent person. Guess what year I was born in? <laughs> year of the rat? <laughs> this is no? my year. Year of the monkey. Nice. <laughs> I right. thought, that's why you were monking around when you were there last, last week. That's with right. Your wife and granddaughter. <laughs> but anyway, so... Um, I plan on being there, so I hope to see some of our our Diz friends and podcast friends over there too. So, so we only have another month of normal Paradise Gardens. Okay, I'll have to go again and have. Some, I, I I had my my chicken skewer this weekend. I was going to so. say your chicken skewer days are numbered. <laughs> so I ate my chicken skewer and listened to the Ellis Island Boys. So. All right, I will go next. Uh, Gay Days Anaheim has announced the date for Mini Gay Days. This is the event This that's a smaller event that's typically held halfway between the dates of the fall event. Uh, this year it is on March 19th. And tickets and discounted tickets and discounted rooms on property as well as at the Anaheim Majestic Garden Hotel are already available for reservations. Uh Check their website at www.gaydaysanaheim.com. Nancy. Well, if you guys haven't been to 
the Patina Group's website to check out your favorite downtown Disney uh, restaurants. Um, their website has changed a little bit. They hmm. must have had a fairly... Um, this is a fairly new renovation since the last time I looked on it last month. Um, it's got... Um, oh, a place where you can sign up and enjoy your birthday dinner on them. They have a new birthday club. Um, a place where you can get any kind of menu you want for all of the restaurants. Um, if you want to find the downtown Disney ones, it's easiest when you go to patinagroup.com um, to click on Family Dining on the main page, and it'll take you right to all the downtown Disney restaurants. And what's even more interesting is that you can book reservations for some of them online now through their website, Catal especially. I'm I'm currently digging around through Tortilla Joe's one, and, and they don't have the link. But um, Catal definitely does. So, way to go. I was actually digging around looking for Valentine's Day to see if they had it up yet. And that was when I discovered the amazingly huge renovation of their website. So, that's something new. Um, and... As far as Valentine's things to do, Disney does not have anything up yet, but we will keep you posted, yeah, be, hopefully, by next... Soon, it not... should be. Yeah. I know. That's why I thought, oh, great. So, I mean, well, I found should, all it should these... Have been a, it should have been a month ago. I found all these wonderful websites about, you know, great places to go for Valentine's dinner in Los Angeles. Um, a couple of the top ones being Church and State downtown in the Biscuit Company lofts. And uh, another one being um, oh, Cafe Del Rey in, um, in Marina Del Rey. I think, actually, I think that might actually be one that Mary Jo might have mentioned or we might have talked about during the uh, other one. Um, there's another place on Melrose called Crossroads. Tons and tons of places are starting to get their Valentine's Day plans out now, so it's a good time to uh, consider that. It, I'm just going to put that thought in everybody's heads. And, of course, the Napa Rose, I'm sure they're already sold out, yeah. so you may as well call. Yeah. But, you know, give it a shot. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Oops. Tony? Okay. You can meet Kylo Ren and his emo self at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if anybody's been trolling oh. the internet, they've been referring to him as that. Anyways, you can refer to him. Did you see his yes. appearance on uh, Saturday Night Live? No, but I heard about it. I got to watch it. Um, I, yeah. I watched it. It's funny. So, um, But you can see him for a character, I guess, meet and greet. He'll be... Um, It'll be this is the portal from Star Wars Launch Bay to, uh, near Carl, Kylo Ren Star Destroyer opens at Disneyland Park next month, and um, Vader is still in Jedi Training Trials of the Temple. Mary Jo, I'm sure you've got extra information. Yeah, che Chewbacca um, will stay, Darth Vader will go, and Kylo Ren will replace him, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. The, my understanding is, if you want to see Darth Vader, you can watch the kids fight him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, when we're talking about the Patina Group and all that, after the show last week, Carol and I went to Tortilla Joe's. We had the table side. You know what, mm -hmm. Mary Joe? <laughs> Guacamole. Yes. Oh my oh gosh! Oh my gosh! So good. It's fantastic. It I is everything everybody has said it is, and and then and the rest of the food was excellent too. Service was great. Um, anyway, so yeah, that, that has always been one of our favorite places, but it was terrific. Mary Jo, do you want to come clean about the guacamole story? No. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Oh my. What do we have to find out here now? Okay. <laughs> so Tony cool. did a review. Oh no. Tony was talking about dinners, dinner under $50, right? At mm -hmm. the Disneyland Resort. We did a whole yes. segment. Whole mm -hmm. segment. Whole segment. A guacamole. And, and, and a whole bit about making Mary Jo say guacamole. Yeah, because we love the way she <laughs> said it. In subsequent, in subsequent. <laughs> it was a running gag. Running gag yeah. throughout the whole thing. <laughs> Do you realize how many writing workshops we had to go through with the yellow notepads <laughs> and trying it from different camera angles and then... <laughs> and then I, I there, a, there, was, there, was a a there was a technical glitch 
and Mary Jo's recording of herself disappeared. And, kind. And, I and, and, and I was being kind. <laughs> and so I had to re-edit the whole the whole segment with Mary Jo not existing. He had to erase me from the whole segment. <laughs> Plus the new show, anytime Tony Rec. No, um, I didn't mentioned- I didn't I didn't change the new show. I didn't change the new show, but I think her yeah, penance so- should be being I think a bunch of us are Catholic I was gonna say good Catholics are Catholics. I think I think her I think her penance should be having to say guacamole like five hundred times. Oh, just no, so we'll Tony lose, can be we'll so happy. Yeah. <laughs> do I have a year to do that? Yes, yeah, so a year, and then you have to yes, figure out how to get into every show. Yes. <laughs> okay, so back to back to back to Star Wars, and since this show is running horribly long already, okay. So Friday night, I was in the I was I came into the parks at. Oh, 640 and for those of you that don't know because the Elton John concert was going on at, starting at 8 o'clock they ran fireworks at 630 which created very very I'll use the word interesting traffic patterns in the park so I was looking for dinner and so I passed by uh, Plaza Inn and of course the line was out the door and around the corner all halfway to Tomorrowland Uh so I headed to Pizza Port. Line was out the door. So I went to my last final choice, Galactic Grill. And I got in line. I went to the far right, because usually that's the shortest line. It wasn't. Um, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And, you know, one person was waiting in line. And then as soon as they got to the front, they had three people go or join them and had three separate orders. So I get up to the window, and I'm like, okay, I want a number three. Which is the plain cheeseburger? I want the number three? I want a large diet coke, and I want the pastry menace. Oh, we're out of pastry menace. Like that's the only reason I came here was for the pastry. So it's like okay, I want the burger and the fries, or I want the burger and the soda. So I get the burger and the soda. Go and grab you know my ketchup for the fries. Grab some mayo and some ketchup, or mayo and some ma- um, mustard. Head to my table. Open my plain burger from the bottom, put some mayo on it, close it up, flip it over the top, and there was um, Thousand Island spread on the burger. Huh. Which, okay, most people are fine with that. I don't really like it. I don't enjoy it. And I'm like, okay, this is a plain burger. Why, why, is, there, why, why is this on here? So it just wasn't my night with food, and so it's I ate solo it. Solo sauce. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone. <laughs> so, say guacamole. Everybody will forget. Just say it. <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Diz Unplugged podcasts this week. And, of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember... Disney Island is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. 